0: He didn't want His to go. His plan from Simeon was, I'm going to the league out of high school. Yeah. He definitely would have translated out of high school. Easily.
1: Easily. The decision was made for him. Look, like I said, man, poverty is always a joke for people who got to go to.
0: It's the future. Down in distance. WGNRadio.com. Back in effect sd2 mics follow me right now on twitter this is down and distance wgn radio wgn radio.com in association with the arena go follow us on instagram and twitter right now at the arena shy at the arena shy getting ready to talk chicago cubs and the journey of this entire season we have the bigs representing the bigs eugene mcintosh and Brian Crawford, I think
1: he has a little bit to talk about as far as the Cubs. Just a little bit to add to this. <laughs> hey, man, I'm cool with the Cubs. But I'm, not a, I'm not a baseball <laughs> fan, but I identify as a Cubs fan.
0: Before we get to that, ladies and gentlemen, we are going to talk a little basketball. There was an event that took place this past Friday night after the celebration for the Chicago Cubs. Literally, as I walked into gate three and a half at the United Center, there was a line waiting for the doors to open at about 4.30 with Cubs jerseys representing 80% of that line. So it was almost like a continual party that left the celebration and went over to Madison to get in on the celebration and the return of two of Chicago's own, none Ooh. other than Derrick Rose and Joakim as they as they returned to United Center as New York Knicks. All right. Now... There are a few things we can get into that were kind of shocking to some, maybe not to others. But I want to go to an article that was written by one Joe Cowley the day before the game, where he basically said that the Bulls as an organization were better off without Derrick Rose. Number one, because of the sideshow that was BJ Armstrong and his inner circle I really think he was trying to talk about Reggie Rose when he said that. But the one thing that really stuck out to me is that he stated that Derrick Rose never was post or pre-injury the type of player to win a championship. That right there confused me because I was trying to figure out how could he come to this conclusion? Like what did he watch during the Derrick Rose MVP era? That made him think he was never that guy.
1: You know what, man, I think a lot of people forget what kind of role the Bulls was on before Derek got hurt. You know what I'm saying? Like he this is this is the one guy that basically took them back to prominence in the East after Mike. You know, this is the only person that gives you an M V P after Mike. This is the only person that gives you an Eastern Conference Finals appearance after Mike. You know what I'm saying? And then they get they get popped by the heat. And, you know, LeBron is – even went through LeBron. I think we all knew that. And then he comes back the next year and gets hurt in the first round. And, you know, saying that he wasn't wired to deliver a championship to Chicago had more to do with the way he played it after the injury than actually anything having to do on the basketball court because – We saw before Derek got hurt, nobody could do anything with him, like period. They couldn't stop him. You couldn't, I mean, you know, LeBron got on him, and I think that was a little bit of a tough adjustment for him, but I think a lot of that also had to do with the people that was around him that couldn't take that pressure off of him. But all of this backlash, this is all after the injury. Nobody was saying this before the injury. Like we all thought that it was only a matter of time. It was a matter of if, not, you know what I'm saying, a matter of when, not if. So, these hit pieces, man, that's been coming from Joe Cowley the last two, three years. I just want to know what Derek did to him. To be honest with you, like I don't know if y'all read that Sam Smith, uh, Sam Smith uh, piece. Mm-hmm. That was real. Like Derek really like opened up, and that touched me a lot because we all knew what Derek went through, but he never really talked about it. And none of the other media people, KC, myself, Sam Smith, Nick Friedel. Ain't nobody got no problem with Derek. Just this dude. So I don't know what that's about, man. But I thought that was just that was shady, man. But that's 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 Joe Cali, man. That's the he the new Mariotti in this town. That's what mm. I like to call him, man. The boy Mariotti. Mm.
0: So we're in the, the tunnel after the game. Knicks come away with the victory. Joe Keem and Derek both have fabulous games. Derek didn't shoot too well from the field. I think he ended up with what seventeen, eleven, and eight. Yeah, seventeen, eleven, and seven. Seventeen, eleven, and seven. Yeah. Definitely showed that he can still hoop. Right. That was one of the things you said as we spoke in the tunnel. It's not about MVP Derek. We all know that guy's he's gone. Right.
1: Yeah, but don't sit up here and act like he still can't hoop. Man, let me tell you another tunnel story, man. Right before the uh, you know the player introductions, the um, you know national anthem, whatever. Me and Gino standing in the tunnel. We talking, Melo. Ten feet from us, right? Derek come running out the locker room. What he do? He stopped and holler at me. Right. He stopped and holler at Gino before he took the court. You know what I'm saying? That's the type of Derek know who rock with him and, and who don't. And it was two seconds from introducing him.
2: Like yeah. it was like from some Courtney Lee. And the next person was Derek Rose, but he was
1: busy shaking up with me and BC. He stopped. You know what I'm saying? Like that's the that's the dude I know. You know what I'm saying? Like I don't I, look, man. I'm gonna defend Derrick Rose to the end. I don't care if nobody called me a homer. I do not care one because I'm from Englewood. But on top of that, man, I know that brother Hart. Man, I know I know who he is as a person. I I'm rocking with him through the trial and everything. I don't care nothing about that, man. Because I know on top of being a phenomenal basketball player, he's a good person. Right. And that's the same way I feel about Joe King Noah. On top of being a great basketball player, he's a good person. And when that ball stopped bouncing, you still going to be who you was before you got to the league. And that's, how, that's why I appreciate them. Uh-huh.
0: The next thing we saw in the tunnel, which kind of shocked me, you know, them new to the beat, you guys have experience, you've been in the tunnel, you've been with these guys. So me coming down the first time in this type of environment, I did not expect the lopsided attention given to the Knicks locker room. On that particular night, before the game and after the game, like literally post game, we're all we talk, we listen to Fred post game. We walk out of his room where he holds his press conference, and everybody's standing outside the Knicks locker room
1: waiting to get in. Bulls. And you look
0: won. down the hallway, and uh-huh. literally, it's a ghost town.
1: The Bulls could have won that night; they still wouldn't have been a story. For real, because. On top of the return to Derrick Rose and Joakim Noah, this the only time they come here this season. Mm. You know what I'm saying? This is it, one time. So, and I, you know, I've seen it happen before. You know, depending on who come through, like LeBron come through, and everybody on the visiting side, and very few people is in. You know, in, on the bull side, regardless of who wins. So, I definitely expected that. I saw that coming a mile away. Um, I think what was crazy for me, well, not necessarily crazy for me, but. It was just how those two dudes played it. You know what I'm saying? They knew everybody was there to see them, right. welcome them, talk to them. Right. You know, the booze. I thought that was so unclassy, man. Yeah, it's funny
0: because John Lucas, John Lucas <laughs> III spoke up on Twitter about yeah. how disrespectful it was. Some other players Yeah, spoke a few, up few up of the Twitter guys, where, a few
1: players,
2: absolutely. man. That
1: should, that should let you know what people think about D-Rose, though. It's yeah, like, and man, it was fake because, you know, when they introduced him, they booed. Every time he touched the ball, they booed. They put the tribute up on the screen. The boo stopped. Yeah. Right. So it wasn't even about nothing. You know what I'm saying? And then it's not like Derek went to the Knicks on his own. He got traded. You know what I'm saying? He didn't have no control over where they sent them. Right. Yeah. He had no control over that. So that you know me, man, I'm on record of saying the Bulls fans are trash. And that was like yeah, was- that, that 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 proved it right there. Like these dudes gave you. Everything they had, man. Like I always say, man, Derek carried Chicago on his back till his knees gave out. And y'all don't appreciate that, championship or not, man. Appreciate what that man gave and how he lifted up the franchise in the city. That's something that's always stood out as far
0: as you talking about Chicago athletes and how Chicago fans actually react to them, which is very interesting because we see the love that has been shown to the Chicago Cubs, and we'll get to that when we talk about the Chicago Cubs. But it's amazing that you see that type of love with Chicago Cubs players, they have no one that's local. Mm-hmm. I think the closest person is Schwarber, right? Is he from Indiana? Uh, ben Zobris is from
2: um, – He sure is oh, He went from to Zobris. Olivet.
0: Right. Yeah. But when we talk about that, and you look at somebody like Derrick Rose, his career, how does it go? Because I forget who actually had, like, the highest odds the year the Bulls won the lottery.
1: 1.7%.
0: Right. And they end up winning the lottery. I think it probably would have been Philadelphia mm-hmm. between Philadelphia, the Lakers. Was, was it Miami not, 2008. in 2008?
1: Was Miami in there?
0: It might have been Miami. It could have been Miami. Yeah, I think it was Miami because Miami ended up getting Beasley, correct? Mm-hmm. Yeah, they took him. Right. So let's say Derrick Rose out. goes to Miami, and instead of Chris Bosh coming with LeBron, it's LeBron, D Rose, and D Wade. Right. Now how's his career? Now how do Chicago fans react to him? Do we have Chicago fans walking around with heat jerseys,
1: showing love to two Chicago guys? Uh, I don't know, man, because I think the backlash of Derek is deeper than just being a local kid from the south side. One of the
0: silliest things, and I had somebody on Facebook Live come at me about this Friday while I was at the game. Good riddance to him. Well, why are you mad with him? And ultimately, she ended up explaining she was mad because of the injuries. And it's like, how do you get mad at somebody because they got injured? All right. He didn't ask to get hurt because he didn't come back when the doctors cleared him. That's the biggest thing I Who, get from. So people. that's the that's the biggest angst. He didn't come back that when they said he was ready. The bull said he was cleared by their doctors. Exactly. And they leaked it. And they leaked exactly. it. Exactly. That's the one thing people don't talk about because they don't know. <laughs> that's you supposed know to be kept in house. Oh, like yeah. you don't you don't leak that. It was leaked. And then let's try and pressure. I don't mean to cut you off,
2: but as far as you were talking about the Cubs, that's something that they stressed in the door. That's in the clubhouse. It's on. It's on a banner, or it's on the wall. It's like
1: whatever goes on in here, it stays in here. Period. Right. And you know the other thing I was going to say about Derrick Rose is beyond the knee injuries, man. All this started with the SAT stuff, man. Goes back further than that. Like I. I literally, like, read that Sam Smith piece and went on a rant on Twitter, and I basically said that, you know, that man was the only hope for his entire family. The only hope. They grew up on, uh, what was it, 72nd in Marshfield. Ashland, I'm sorry. Uh, yeah, Marshfield. Only hope for his entire family. That's it. You know what I'm saying? This is, this is their way out, right? And he talked about everything that he had to do. He had to pump gas. You know what I'm saying? He had to... Uh, You know shoot jumpers for money He had to shoot dice for money All trying to help his mom out And a lot of days he didn't go to school You know what I'm saying So it's like my thing is He was an athlete You know he he, he, he saw his opportunity And he took advantage of that So for y'all to be mad at him For somebody taking a test for him in Detroit Look man If cheating on the SAT is going to cash me out For $300 million who ain't going to do that and all of y'all mad at him about taking an SAT and got higher score than him, even though he didn't take it, y'all ain't cashed out for $300 million. The amazing thing about that, he never wanted to go to college. And he no. talked about that. Yeah, them. he didn't want to go. plan
0: from Simeon was I'm going to the league out of high school. Yeah. Which I, he definitely would have translated out of high school. Easily. Easily. He got my- put in a position. I think KD was the last one. They cut him off and made him
1: go to college for one year. The decision was made for him. Look, like I said, man, poverty is always a joke to people who ain't got to go through it. And, you know, I'm never going to get mad at somebody for doing what they got to do to get out because of the simple fact that people pimp the system all the time. Yeah. And you can't you can't look down on Derrick Rose because he did it and just happened to get caught because that never would have came out. You never would have known. it. You never would have cared. You know what I'm saying? But you use that to say. You know, it's, oh, he's dumb, and he's not smart, and you talk about, you know, the way he communicates in the media. From the time he walked in the door in the Chicago Bulls until now, he's actually gotten a lot better as far as, like, communicating and expressing himself or whatever. But he was never really a talker, and he was always insulated. He never know. did interviews with Simeon. Period. I'm glad you said that. Period. He is a totally different person talking with the Knicks
0: than he ever was talking here in Chicago. I've seen like his interviews, pregame with the Knicks, and you're like, it's almost like there was so much anger, based upon stuff that was happening here, that was kind of oozing out when he would talk, that he doesn't have to deal with in New York. Yeah, he's comfortable. He don't. He's he, very don't comfortable. He, he don't right. feel that Nothing. pressure, exactly. right?
1: Yeah, and Gino can attest to this. He a different person when the mics ain't on. When you just talking to him, right? Way different person. But, you know, the average fan, they not going to see that. You know yeah. what I'm saying? I've had real conversations with Derek Rose. I know Gino has had real conversations with Derek Rose, like two dudes just standing around chopping it up. You know what I'm saying? So it, I understand that people don't get to see that side of him and right. they've never had to experience that side of him and had them type of conversations with him. But Derek is not dumb. He's not slow. You know what I'm saying? He's not stupid. He he's said a very. That in the piece. If I a, applied myself, I could have did I the work. You know what I'm saying? He's yeah. a very thoughtful and insightful dude you know what I'm saying but he also said look man I grew up with crackheads in my house you know what I'm saying I seen things that I wasn't supposed to see how many Bulls fans can relate to that you know what I'm saying That, that that ain't from that side of the tracks you can't so it's very easy to judge him based on something that you've never had to experience that you've never had to go through when your entire existence is you know get up every day go to school you know go to college graduate get a degree get a good job he didn't have them type of options because he could have very easily been a victim of gun violence out there in Englewood, and nobody would have blinked. But uh, y'all want to make the SAT a big deal? I'm not going. I can't. I can't honor that. And, and quite honestly,
0: man, Derrick Rose's entire tenure here was about him being put in between a petty war of sorts.
1: I got issues with that, but I'm not going to put it on him. Right? You know what I'm saying? Like he he was. He was used to a degree, you know what I'm saying he was pit against you know what I'm saying it was it was a power struggle, basically, but I think everything that Derrick Rose did from the basketball and the player perspective was the purest intentions. When that man said he wanted to win the championship for Chicago, he really wanted to do that right. I think Joe Cowley is just mad because all the reasons
2: b c just said young black, rich didn't have to go to, didn't have to finish college. Yeah, so what? He cheated on his ACT.
0: He said he was going back to get his degree. Yeah, huh? I do that. He said that's the After one thing I he promised up his mother. mother. Yeah. yeah. And, and
2: that's another thing. Let's not talk about how much of a family, you know, it's all about his. It. I'm with BC, man. I'm not going to even talk about it. It's D-Rose and nothing. We said this in the tunnel side <laughs> on Facebook Live that's in right. front of everybody. So whoever ain't rocking with it, oh well, man. <laughs> Once again,
0: we have Brian Crawford and I got Eugene McIntosh in the studio from the bigs talking Derrick Rose, New York Knicks, before we get into the Cubs. Uh, the man, the myth, the legend just stepped in the building, and I know he was very drawn to this article because Derrick Rose mentioned somebody in this particular article that he actually watched film of and studied, and he talked about the greatness that Chicago will bring out of you based upon watching this particular individual that Jared might have you know, some bit, knowledge of. Something. He might have a little yeah. bit of knowledge of this individual and uh JP was actually inspired talk about how that inspired you and what you eventually want to do in the future
3: well i mean it's a just to be able to read the story and to um you know being here in chicago it, this is it's the greatest city but then we also have um the expectations are always top notch we always want the best and i think this is a different type of city and um that was the one thing that always scared me because i always look at both sides of things when they happen and i think i've always i've I've came accustomed to that from a, a little kid of like you know this is great but then i also look at what it could be on the bad side as well and how it can end bad just so i could get myself ready for the situation and when Derek was drafted here i was like man this is great but i was like yo this actually could end really bad it could be really really bad as well and it it kills me because i talk and have these conversations with people about Derek, and before i can say anything um, there's negativity right off the jump and i don't know if it's negativity because of the injuries and i don't know why people get mad at that it's not something that he just, Nobody I'm going to get, I'm injured. Gonna get injured, you know? Like, <laughs> that's not – that's that wasn't his goal. But if you watched him from a kid before he even got to college, you, you knew that there was some type – there was greatness inside of him. Like, he had something that was just different than everybody else, right? right? And if you're from Chicago and you weren't paying attention until, you know – College at Memphis, then shame on you to not really understand because that's where I feel like a lot of these people get upset. They don't really know the whole backstory of Derek or they didn't read about it. They haven't, there's a thing called Google. You can go on and Google his story and find out everything you want to know about him, really, if you really want to. And it gets me, it just gets me upset sometimes because I've never had a chance to talk to him personally. I've walked by him. And gave him a head nod and was like, Yo, it's just head nod D Rose <laughs> At a Drake concert at the House of Blues, he walked right by me. He was like, What's up? And I'm like and gave me a smile. I was like, What's up? And I was like, Yo, bro, this D Rose
2: And just to see what uh Hold on, man. Mind you guys, man, this is the son of the greatest <laughs> Yeah athlete. I mean we know Big Mike but Walter Payton was my first hero
3: so Word Yeah so for, to me man it was it was something and so I started to really kind of dive into just his story and then being around you guys I found out a lot more that there was actually more underneath the surface that you can't find on
1: Google Plus you, I'm going to tell y'all something about Derrick Rose too that man is Patty Murphy for real, like, he don't, <laughs> he don't forget nothing. The reason why he wore number one in Chicago because he said he was never number one in his class. They always mm. put somebody above him, like mm. O.J. Mayo and dudes like that. So he wore number one, you know what I'm saying? The reason when he got traded and he made them comments about people will appreciate me more, he knew everything that was being said about him, you right, know what yeah. I'm saying? And he enjoys being in New York because it's, that's the one place – Really and truly when you could you could be a celebrity and nobody bothered. He talked about be- that in the <laughs> article that. for the first time. He's walking around think the streets of that. New York and nobody's
3: But think about he's yeah. bugging think him. Think about that here. Think think about God uh, okay. See, this is this is where I get upset, man, yeah. is because everybody always looks at money as like when you have money that everything is good. If you go break break it down, we all know what it is: more money, more problems. And when you have fame in your own city, yeah, yeah, dude, this this man couldn't even walk around in his own city. I mean, he had and enjoy and enjoy Chicago. He had to right. change where he
0: lived because he was being followed when he first got here. Yeah, and I listen. I'm gonna, I'm gonna
3: tell you guys, man, straight up, this is this is this is a big deal, man. My. Dude, my dad is not from here, but people think he's from here. Exactly. Right? Mm-hmm. Right. And my dad went through that. And this is this is pre-internet, all that stuff. Dude, he had a hard time just walking around the streets. My dad couldn't go to the mall. Like, we couldn't go to the mall. We had to go shopping for Christmas. We had to go at night. So you night. mean
0: when I see your mother in Woodfield now? That wouldn't have happened.
3: No, uh, that wouldn't. Have, I mean, <laughs> Look, with with him, like right. with them together, right. it wouldn't happen. Right, you, he had to go to stores when they were like at Woodfield. He would call four stores when they were closed and say, "Listen, I need you guys to keep it open for me." And we would go Christmas shopping. Then we couldn't go Christmas shopping.
1: <laughs> man, I remember. I remember. Derek said something, man, that really struck me. He was like. And he was really hurt by this. He was like, man, I can't even go to Forest City no more. Forest City. You know city. what I'm saying? Like, he can't go to Forest City just walk around the mall. He can't go to the movies over there. Like, the things that you take for granted, like, those are the things that's important yeah. to athletes, especially when just they get to their status. Out. They just want to be regular. Dude, just
3: people. Man. Yeah. Like, you, this man was in his own city living in a bubble. Not only did he also be, in some ways, he saw, listen, he saw a lot. I know, as a youngster, he saw a lot, but he also, I mean, he was he was he was protected too, as well, man. And you want to get off on being upset with his family and his brother taking, dude. Family's all you got. Mm-hmm. So if if I'm. In, in, in some ways, it was a little bit different because I didn't come from that background. But even for me at certain things, man, I'd be out and cats knew I was being recruited by everybody. And if there was a party that was going on that could be busted, I had cats that were older than me like, P, can't come to this party. dude. Yeah, there's there's a there's a possibility the cops could come that could mess up everything for you. You can't go to this party. Just stay away. They would look out for me because they knew that, dude, this cat has listen, I'm not going. They were like, listen, we're not I'm not I don't have a job opportunity to go to the next level and play. But you do. I care for you that much that I'm gonna make sure that I'm not gonna put you in no situation.
1: That's the same thing happened to D. Rose. When you know what I'm saying, when it was from the crack in the neighborhood, they came to him first, like, yo, move around, shawty. A, move. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, get out yeah. of here.
3: So, yeah. so in some yeah. so in some ways even in his situation, he was in a he was in a bubble, right, where people were, you know, it, 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 taking care of him, making sure he was all right because they knew the potential of this young man. Then, then you get to the next level, and at college, and you talked about it right when I came in. that He wanted to go straight to the league, man. It was that was that was his dream, and that, that that's what he's always said. You can't get mad at him for saying that because everybody says have a dream. No one tells you you need to have this dream to do this and do that. Mm -hmm. They say everybody says do. Have a dream of what you want to be when you grow up. That's what he wanted to do. So don't fault him because he didn't want to go to college. That was was his dream. This is what he wanted to do. Not everybody has that opportunity. So he gets there, right? Then he gets to the biggest stage of them all. And for a dude that maybe doesn't want to be in front of the cameras and talk, but the one thing that I do know about him not knowing him, that he loves playing basketball. Mm-hmm. So when all that other stuff was going on and he was caught in between this tug of war, no, he wasn't going to say. Wh- wh- what is he going to say? First of all, what I'm, I'm going to say something about my employer and, or I'm going to say something against my family. Yeah. The only thing that he ever knew what to do was in his escape was to be able to play basketball. Uh-huh. Yeah. And that's what he wanted to do. And it, it sounds simple, but now you throw in, a Brinks truck of money, right? <laughs> I'm not talking about just a cash. I'm talking a Brinks truck. I'm talking about like when I went to Steve McNair's locker in Tennessee and this cat had a $900,000 check that he was about to go put in the bank. And I'm looking at my $5,000 like, dang. <laughs> and we all in the league. Dang, bro, 900 <laughs> He was like, looked at me with a smile like, what am I going <laughs> to do with this? <laughs> everything now everything becomes it everything's accessible. But when it's even accessible but you can't enjoy it? Yeah. Dog, you're almost locked up. You're better off locked up. You mm. can't even go you can't even go to a, a old spot that you wanted to go to and go hang out right. because you know what's going people will go crazy. Dude, it will it will drive you literally insane. And that's where I wanted to come about with my pops. It it literally almost drove him insane. Yeah, because my dad, he wasn't able to do the things he wanted to do. He said, I mean, there was times he would go to Florida and I'll never forget him. My mom went to Florida and he told my mom, he's like, so this is it's all too much. It's it's almost it's it's too much because I can't really be myself like I've made all this for you guys. I've made all this for us to enjoy but really, we can't. I can't enjoy can't totally it. Can't fully enjoy it.
1: Yeah, you're a prisoner of your success at that point.
3: It's it's, and I, I just I want people to think about that. That's that's my biggest beef. Is like you 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 can be upset as fans. Be you can you can boo all you want. You can, but listen, really look at it. And
1: understand it because I, that's what I don't think people really get. Plus it's easy to say how you would react to something or do with something when you ain't got it. Yeah. The you know what easiest thing. That's the yeah, easiest you thing in that the situation, world. Man. Oh, Derek Rose in the bubble, and, but it's bubble pretty plush. Yeah. Yeah,
3: all right. Was, and the mentioning of of my pops and I mean, it was man, it just it goes to show about the generations of athletes in this city and Derek growing up and I'm a huge fan of him, right? And I saw him at the House of Blues, and I'm like, "Yo," not knowing that seven, eight years later, he's talking about yo. I, you know, I really looked at Walter Payton and what he. I'm like, "Yo, that, that, that's crazy."
0: I mean, that's who we grew up watching, though. Yeah, that, but that's it, it,
3: who was
1: the hero in his household. But for thing, me, it's weird. But it, the thing about that is, you know, to put that in perspective, is like. Derek said, "The city pulled greatness out of you. Yeah, I mean, you can't, you can't be around here and not represent it to the fullest. Like, you can't, you can't be a half-ass hero. You know what I'm saying? Or a half-ass superstar? They expect you to put it all on the line, and he did that up until he couldn't anymore. Yeah. And I don't think you could really blame him for that. Like I said, uh, I said this all the time, man. an ACL tear is not an ankle sprain, man. Yeah, it's, no. it's it's two different things. It." It changes your body physically and it changes you mentally. You know what I'm saying? We see a lot, like we see Derek making plays now that you can see where he's trying not to put himself in a position where he can get hurt again. Yeah, I think one of those plays, I think late in the fourth quarter, he comes around the screen
0: and he tries to beat Taj and turn the corner on him. And I say to myself, MVP Derek, that's a hard jump stop into the body of Taj Mm -hmm. and a layup. It's easy. Like, you see it, but that's a move that now nah, he pretty much had to take out of his repertoire. Yeah, he don't do the jump yeah, stop. No jump ball. stop mm. is yeah,
1: that's
0: over with. No, it's over. Mm-hmm. So you knew that.
1: Three knee surgeries now. People forget that. that do it to you.
3: They've been in your knees I, three years in a row. I just get a, I get so... You remember how I told you how I break it down into good and the bad? I just... I wish the good just outweighed the bad because... We'd be sitting here talking. about I mean, about doesn't it, it though? To- I, no, I think it does. I just, I'm just thinking of, for him, his sake, for the injuries, because that he, nobody wants to get injured, man. That's you know how hard it is to come back from injury. Like I've never had a serious knee injury, but I've seen cats that I played with that struggle to come back. Like that struggle and the pain of walking into. The, the, into the medical center and looking at these dudes sweating, just, like, fighting to do things that they would normally just do in an instant. Mm-hmm. They're, they, they're fighting. Mm-hmm. Wishing they was anywhere
1: else doing anything yes. other than rehab. It's like, it's the worst.
3: <laughs>
2: That's what Kyle Schwab
0: said. He said he wanted to give up.
1: Yeah, wow. It's hard, man.
0: <laughs> he said he wanted it, to give up. So and You're it, just learning how to walk all over again. Just a simple task of... I think Derek talked about that in the article with Sam Smith. Man, I had to learn how to walk. Mm, he's like, you're yeah. gonna understand. You know, you have a rhythm that you play with your entire career, and that rhythm is gone. Mm. And, and every, now you have to get that rhythm back mm. on the basketball. He's court. all he did. He's that
2: was like his favorite thing, stressing yeah. the rhythm. I got to get my and like you said, the average. The casual fan, they have no idea about that, man. They just know the two and a half hours that you in That you entertain. see,
3: but yeah. you don't see what goes on behind closed doors, right, man. Right.
1: Plus, if you've it, ever seen somebody rehab from a knee injury, particularly an ACL tear, yeah. you hurt for it's them. It's bad, it's bad. Yeah, you hurt for them, man. Just to see the scar. Yeah, to see the that's scar, a, you, you know what, what I'm saying? To, oh, that's enough. to see the scar, to understand like the range of movement is not there, to understand that somebody has cut on you and been inside your body, you know what I'm saying? And if you, if one of us tear an ACL and we're not a professional athlete, they're going to scope us. But, you know, when you're an athlete, they cut your knee, dog. Like, you got a whole scar that runs down your knee. They go inside your leg and fix that. That's, uh.
0: Let's get ready to close this out, <laughs> man. And I want to go back to something that a piece of video and audio, courtesy of uh, MSG. It's there, but um, you're not going to see that. Um, throughout the entire game you're going to see spots of it you're going to see me come down play a more relaxed game and really fill out the game with like i said with all the options that we have um i don't need to come down first quarter and shoot 15 shots like i had to do with the rules like there's no point in doing that when i have mellow kp and courtney on the court like i could really fill the game out and Honestly, that's how I feel like my game is anyway. Like when I was playing for the Bulls, I had to figure out everything on the go, and they forced me to score the ball. Um, But being here, um, I could really be myself. Derrick Rose talking about, for the first time in his career, he's able to play basketball the way he likes to play basketball and play his game. Talking about, he was never able to do that with the Chicago Bulls because they wanted him to be a scorer. They wanted him to take that number one scorer's role and be aggressive. And he feels like his game is letting the game come to him. And I ask this question. I say it all the time. I said, "Tell me, any other player that's top three in the nation in high school in a state championship game that would take one shot?" Yeah. That see people that pick up Derrick Rose post draft think he was always like they that. think they think that that's his game if you knew if you followed derrick <laughs> mm-hmm. rose look i go back you remember bobby frazier yeah he went to north carolina like, i knew derrick rose i never forget i watched them they had a triple overtime game that they actually lost to brother rice they should have won that game mm-hmm. it was at saint xavier i never forget bobby frazier was going to north carolina he was like top 10 in the nation right the most important thing that impressed me about that game, they put Derrick Rose on Bobby Frazier the whole night. Shut him shut down. Shut him down.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Shut him down. It wasn't about him scoring, his athleticism. I just watched this kid take the responsibility of taking their number one player and shut him down. Yeah. Tim Flowers actually had the best game, stats-wise. But it was Derrick Rose watching him as a sophomore, take that responsibility the kid did whatever needed to be done to win that's who he was i believe that's who he's always been so when you get to the bulls and you see this guy that's putting up 30 points 40 points 25 points he's averaging 25 8 7 he wins the mvp and you're thinking oh this is derrick rose and then when the acl happens and you can't get that anymore then it's like he's a failure yeah. And now he's like, I'm happy because I'm here, I can pace myself, I can let the game come yeah. to me,
1: and I can give you seventeen, eleven and eight. This is the first time. I'm good. This is the first time in his basketball career from high school on where literally no pressure. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? There's no expectations on the Knicks. You know what I'm saying? Like there's ain't nobody looking for them to do nothing. Ain't nobody looking for them to win no championship. So he can go out there and just play you know what I'm saying like he already said he could walk around the city without being bothered so he, you, you already got that relief you yeah. know what I'm saying and all, right. all you gotta do in New York is just play hard that's it that's all you gotta do if they make the playoffs great if they don't they ain't made it anyway will they make the playoffs uh ask me around Christmas
2: <laughs> I can't say right now how the Bulls gonna make the playoffs the Knicks how the Bulls gonna make the
0: playoffs hey, we can get to that that's a perfect segue. <laughs> Because post-game, Indiana, let me read you, you, you already know, let me read you a quote post-game. <laughs> we act like we don't even want to compete out there <clears throat> six games in. Now, I'm going to let you guess who that's coming from in the, in the locker room. Let's jump out the window, Jimmy. Uh, I was going to say uh, Bobby Porter. <laughs>
2: <laughs> now we all know who it is, we all
0: Look, for all the talk and propaganda that was put out there, Look, the two guys that left, they weren't the problem. And I'm not saying this guy is a problem. What I'm saying is it's being shown to us that the two guys that left, they weren't the problem. Three is actually three.
2: Well, there were more than, but there were three guys that left. Core three guys. Right. Don't forget Powell. Eden. Don't forget
0: Powell. Eden. This is my point, man. Bro, and maybe he needs a wake-up call. Did they not try to trade him? Openly at the draft?
1: <laughs> yeah, they did. That's
0: that's all I'm saying. Did we not luck into D-Wade? Yeah. yeah. This year was going to be scrapped. They got Rondo. They had him. They had the youngsters. We lucked into D-Wade. Being in that locker room, there's no question who the leader is. Not for me. That's two. I had one post game with D-Wade that said, yep. I saw that coming. This is the dude. If it's going to turn around, it's going to be through this dude. But see, Uh, as an ancillary piece, and I'm not talking about on the court, either through him attracting other people and changing the
1: culture, this is how things are going to move forward. The one thing that Rondo and Dwayne Wade came in with, other than their championship pedigree, is that they understand that the coach sets the tone and the players police themselves, you know what I'm saying? So you got Dwayne Wade and you got Rajon Rondo keeping these guys in line. But they've won before, you know what I'm saying? Nobody in the Bulls locker room prior to them getting there had ever really won anything. So they was all kind of, you know, doing it the best way that they thought they knew how to do it. Um, with Jimmy, Jimmy is feast of famine, man. Like I think, I think it comes from a good place with him. But I think he's also one of those guys that, you know, he can he can go off his emotions a little too much and, and, and everything's like a panic situation. Like when they win and everything is great, everything is good. But then all of a sudden you lose three games and now, you know, we need to do this or we should have did that. And you understand, man, like you've been in the league long enough to know where well, you understand that the, the regular season is a marathon. It's not a sprint, you know uh-huh. what I'm saying? You're going to have these types of moments, but – you know, you lose three in a row, you can't you can't jump out the Listen, window like that, man. I'm going
3: to keep it simple with y'all, man. I'm just going to keep it simple with you. Dude, I know because I am one. All right? I'm a leader, dude. I'll tell you that right now. I, do, I already know. Dude's not a leader, dog.
0: Dude's you ain't just lead- going to step out on the ledge like that?
1: <laughs> Dude's not a leader, dog. Well, they proved that by bringing in uh, Wayne leaders, and Rondo. Right, right. Yeah, he just
3: is. It's it's the the jumping out what BC was talking about when things aren't good, running your mouth like you. He's running his mouth, just saying always want to when things are good, everything's good. He 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 does he does. It's it's something that just can't be can't be learned, man. It's either you got it or you don't. Some people are born. Listen, I've seen dudes who tried so hard, so hard in the locker room, and other cats would be like, he's doing too much. That that gives you even more
0: respect for a guy like D. Rose, who never tried to be anything that he wasn't. He
1: led by example. Dude, don't ask me to be this rah-rah,
0: get in front of everybody, speak guy, that's not me, I'm not doing it. Hey, Joe, you got that. The one thing. Booze, you got that. Whoever's gonna do it,
1: listen. The Fort, one thing I understand not to cut you off, the I'm one sorry. thing I understand about Jimmy is that, you know, with him it might be a situation of too much too fast. You know what I'm saying? Like he's always been an underdog, he's always been overlooked. So now that the light is shining on him, he feels like he has a voice, he got a platform, he got to say something. Like, you know, that's that's kind of what it is. And so he he's he's I don't I tried to give him the benefit of doubt a couple of years ago. I don't think he, he's ever going to be able to but handle his role. status. In P.P., you're shaking
0: your head like... No,
3: no, no, I'm with, I'm with B.C., yeah. I know what he's saying, but play your role, B.C., you know yeah. what I'm saying? If that's not you, I'm, I know it's shining on you. You can still do... Listen, you can still... Do the commercials, have the nice fits. I'm, I'm I'm being for real. You can have the shoe deal. Be on everything, the train platform
1: and on the side of buses. People,
2: but, but you you know, just from being a prof, you you have one thing we don't. You're you've been a professional athlete, so you know.
3: But look at Derek. That, I mean, Derek but, got all that stuff and didn't try to be something that he wasn't. Derek, he just, was, but also they he, wanted him to be that. Right. He he just he's this is let me this is this is what I do. Right. I'm not. Just because now you want to point the put the microphone in my face yeah. you want me to talk now just because it it's not really what I want to do
1: the difference is Derek Rose always stayed true to himself right he never changed even with the money well, Jimmy he needs never changed
2: and I think that's a thing I think that's a Chicago thing because we wouldn't let D Rose change yeah, we, we wouldn't yeah. let, he got we called wouldn't let out. Twan change yeah. we wouldn't let those guys change Jimmy coming from Texas yeah coming from that small see I, see, I think that's another thing people get misconstrued. They think Jimmy was this foster kid or whatever type of upbringing. But really, Jimmy was the one who stepped out on his own. His He was put out of the house. You don't just get put out of the house. <laughs> right. You know? Right. So let's just start there. He was put out of the house. Fast forward a few years, and now the house is divided. Yeah. So some people had... And I'm just saying, I don't know Jimmy personally. I don't have anything against him. I was on the... Sp- on his side, it's like my run-ins with Jimmy. I can I just felt him out, and it was like, yeah, this guy's feeling himself too much. But at the same time, like BC says, like he came from nothing. They they basically shoved D Rose out the door, and they basically gave Jimmy the keys. And it's like, well, yeah, if they tell you, they give me ninety mil and tell me the keys are yours. Now it's like.
3: So what's the
0: what, is but, it, but halfway the re- through the process, this is just that's plus, what I'm saying it. though. Halfway, halfway through, through the, re- the process
1: of giving this, you the keys, they plus, realize exa- oh, yeah. exactly, exactly.
3: Oh, so yeah. isn't that a reality check? A reality, a reality check, it's like, yo. and plus,
1: and plus, Jimmy ain't never really. Okay. I'm not gonna say he ain't never really been the man, but when he was in high school and junior college, he might have been the man there, but nobody cared. You know what I'm saying? And you go to Marquette and you playing behind DJO. Uh, who else was a, a Aka Maurice Acker was up there, you know what I'm saying? Like you wasn't nobody wasn't even checking for you, right? You know, so you was always kinda overlooked. Then you come to Chicago, you playing up under Derek Rose, you playing up under Joe Keen Noah. You still an ancillary piece. Right. And like Gino said, they gave him ninety million dollars in the keys, man. And we all remember like, yo, when you were shorty and your mama stepping out for the night, you finna run wild. Yeah. So I don't okay, so, what You you know basically you can't put it you can't put it all on him. No, no you can him. now. Yeah, oh, now, okay, I, like I get, you but said. But I'm saying
3: from the beginning, though, I mean, you keep talking about you give somebody the keys, man. My my parents wouldn't give me the car unless they believed that I was ready, ready to have yeah. the car. So exactly. they gave him the keys. Exactly. He's literally the $4 million that, monster. I think
0: yeah. it was more of a,
2: yeah, Let's this is a way to let D-Rose know, man, it's over for you. That's yeah. petty, though. Oh, I've seen, Oh, man, that's Dude, evident to me.
3: That is just, but I think problem, about it
1: now. That's super petty. That's, petty. But, the oh, with, yeah. but see, but the problem with that is, if you a real dude,
2: you don't let that affect you. You don't let that affect you. Right,
1: you right. don't let that change you. Like even if you see what's going on, you still stay true to your homie in the locker room.
2: You know but what I'm saying? Then we talk about this. All during last season, it was like it it's, was a that we would say now. Okay, D Rose and Jimmy. Of course they weren't beefing. Like man, let's fight or whatever. But there was something there because we would see it on the court, man. Bro,
3: I've been yeah. there. I've been there. It's hard. It's hard. It's hard. I came into the situation when I was in Montreal. Robert Edwards went to Georgia. He was there, had knee, had the knee injury. Remember at the at the Pro Bowl in yeah. the sand, he was there for a couple of years. They brought me in, and it was like they were trying to move him out, and it was a divide in the locker room because he'd been there, he'd been there, and Cats, he Cats respected him, right. and they liked him. They had their, and I just came from out of nowhere. They plugged me in, and were like, "You're gonna be that next guy." And it was it was just it was a weird vibe in the locker room. And to BC's comment, I tried to we we tried to make it work between both of us, right. but we could just tell it just did it just didn't work. And it ain't you fault. And it's not our fault. Right. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it it, it, it just it right. did, we, I, we both tried. We both tried, and it didn't work. And then what happened? They ended up sending him to Toronto. they, yeah. mo- they moved him out, and then. You know, after time, things kind of went on, and I think for me, because of the kind of dude I was, it didn't matter to me because when i after I got done playing football, everybody else was going out to the city, I was going back to the suburbs to the place yeah. I rented out. Yeah. I didn't go out i I went back and did I, I was the same dude who I was, so it it didn't change me because I was on t s n And they were showing highlights of the three-game touchdown against uh, the B.C. Lions. I didn't care about all that. Now, if I would have came in and flexing like, yeah, Montreal is my city now, I bet you it wouldn't have went well in that locker room. See, and
1: the thing I noticed with Jimmy now, and I don't know if you noticed this, Gino, but now it's like, you know, he walked around.
3: Mm. Oh yeah, the United Center to get oh, yeah. out
1: now. You know what I'm saying. He don't walk past the crowd, oh, yeah. everybody yet. You know he got his guys sitting courtside. Oh yeah, now, you know what I'm saying. It's like it's all he, now. You he wearing two chains. You know what I'm saying. Like it's it's little things. Like you can kind of look at him and tell. Like you said, he feeling himself a little bit. He enjoying his celebrity. But man, when you speeding like that, man, you are gonna eventually hit a wall. It's gonna happen, man. <laughs> you know what I'm saying. You. The same people you cross on the way up, you oh, go, gonna be the same people you see on the way down, man, and and the fog to hurt. So I hate that for the brother, because 'cause y'all know I've been around with Jimmy since day one, but I got no even problem, I with you know, yeah, even me, I gotta know I ain't got no problem with him personally. I think he's a great basketball player, but right. even I'm noticing all day. Little things all now day. and that everybody else was telling me that I was still in my defense mode, now I kinda see it like, Yeah, okay.
2: Bro, when he he literally like gave one of the guys his bag, you know, them little bags to the
1: toiletry bag? Yeah, that.
2: He gave it to one of the guys, gave him his book bag, and he took off the opposite way. Mind you, now I'm not comparing him and D. Rose, but I'm just saying versus D. Rose, who threw on his Adidas mm-hmm. suit that looked like he hooped in it but, you know, looked like <laughs> yeah. he came straight out the lock uh off the court, into the locker room, no shower, throw my stuff on my Adidas headphones, on my iPhone. Yeah. And Walk out, and it's like now I'm not comparing the two, but yeah, I am comparing. The and two. then, it's and like,
1: then you know what? Another thing, you know, who never changed their route? Joe King, you know. Oh yeah, hundred percent. He never walked the back way. I didn't see boos do it. I seen Rip Hamilton do it. I didn't see Derek do it. I ain't never seen Joe King do that win or loss, man. Yep. He walking through that gauntlet. He yep. walking through that tunnel. When he's ties too. Yeah, ties. He's it still shaking hands. Yep. He's still saying what's up, yep. win or loss. And I think that's why Derek was the type of person. Like you read that article. The only two real friends that he was close with on that team was Joe and Taj. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And, and it's like, but them two real dudes from New York. I, right. <laughs> I mean, it, it, just, it makes sense. That's funny, yeah. doesn't if it? They it, had a ma- it, yeah. it just it makes sense. Yeah. The
3: two real dudes. He. That's
1: yeah. Those was his people. That's just what it was. It was his guys in the locker room. Like you know, Derek had his own circle, and you know he didn't. Those guys endeared themselves to him. Man, you know what I'm saying? They came into D-Rose circle. That's if what they did. this thing falls <laughs> apart,
0: man, here in Chicago, and Taj and the year ended up in New York, man.
1: Well, I don't know if Todd's gonna make it through the season. Mm, me either. <laughs> I don't know if he's gonna make it through the season. No, mm. I'm saying
0: trade or because you know, he's a free agent next year, right? Yeah, he's also what
1: 31. 31, yeah. He was old when he came into the league. Yeah, you know he know was. What I'm he, was. he give, was. You're right. I give everything right. to be 31 again. <laughs> <laughs> Down
0: the distance, man. WGN Radio, WGNRadio.com. Go follow us at DadPod right now, D-A-D-P-O-D. He is the man, the myth, the legend, at Peyton's son, Jerry Payton. I'm Sean Davis at SD2Mikes. Brian Crawford at mister MrCraw4D. at Stay humble. Mr. Scottie and a.k.a. Eugene <laughs> McIntosh. Man, I don't even think – the last thing I think about this guy is his government name, dude. Yeah, me too. I don't think – everyone's like – Gino is the last thing.
3: I don't even it's think Gino. It's either like
0: Humble, bigs. Yeah, We're I, about to get to Chicago Cubs because these guys covered the Chicago Cubs. They are – you know, the bigs are the good
1: luck charm. Listen, man. They are the listen, ones that man. turned it around. When they showed up – The first I saw, time I met these dudes <laughs> – I was just happy to see two more brothers in the locker room. I ain't going to even lie. You know what I'm saying? I ain't know who they was. But, you know, then we started talking to top of them. like, all right, they, you know what I'm saying? I thought they were just basketball dudes. And I look up, and they everywhere. You know what I'm saying? I'm talking about from the ground up, man. So, hey, nothing but respect for them dudes. uh, I'd be
3: at at a Bears game, look up, and I'm like,
1: dang, y'all just everywhere,
3: dude.
0: (laughs) Seventh floor, Tribune Tower. We're about to bleed Cubby Blue up in here, right here, down the distance. We're here, now we're gone. Peace.